to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching Medium Cool Pod. That's medium or Facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. You can search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram and we'll pop up and at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. Also, hey, if wherever you're listening to us, Whatever the thing is, like, subscribe, follow, whatever, to keep up with all things Medium Cool. And if you leave us a rating or review, we really appreciate what you can do. So, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, all that said, I am uh, going to be having a conversation with my buddy Jake Bottelier. He's been on the show several times. We did First Reformed together. Uh, we did the Wong Kar Wai show together. We've done a several. And uh, today, we're actually going to do something that we meant to do last Christmas time, around that time. We both got way too busy, and we're not able to do it. Uh, but it was uh, to celebrate Sam Peckinpah, and that was going to be a memorial episode, because that was in uh, December when he died. But I think his birthday's in, like, February or something, so we were going to do it then, but we were both too busy, so we didn't do it. Well, uh, I ended up finding an excuse to do this episode again, because we were going to talk about Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. The 1974 Sam Peckinpah film, and uh, I found out that that came out in August. And with this being the last episode in August, I thought, you know what, to the month, it's 48 years old, and we will see what's up. So he and I had a good long hour long conversation uh, about Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia and Sam Peckinpah, kind of at large. Um, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So I'll get there. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I do just want to say that our 100th episode is coming up soon. I still don't know what to do for it, uh, but we're going to do something really cool, I, I think. I don't know. I'll figure that out, uh, but I can't believe it. We're, this is episode 95, and uh, we have five more episodes until we get to 100. I am psyched about this. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we have some really cool guests coming up between now and then, though. Next week, we will have uh, our friend Rick Jimenez, or sorry, sorry, Rick Jimenez, the first time we talked, he just let me go with Rick Jimenez. He's like, yeah, that's totally right. And then, you know, he corrected me, and he was just like, it's actually Jimenez. And now I feel like the jackass. What the fuck? Anyways, Rick Jimenez will be with us from uh, Extinction AD, the metal band. Uh, he's always great. We mostly talked about music and wrestling last time he was on, and we got to movies at the end, but not much. So he and I actually broke down Quentin Tarantino movies because that's one of his kind of age-old favorites. And um, I, I'm still debating on whether I want it to be a one or uh, a part one and two episode, but we actually list them out. We list uh, the Quentin Tarantino movies to date uh, up through Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, and we uh, we essentially ranked our favorites in order. Though we like all of them, but we ranked our favorites in order, and we kind of talked a little bit about why. And it kind of was an impromptu list episode. We were really planning on just, like, talking, uh, but it just kind of turned into a random list. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That'll be next week and, again, possibly even the following week. But I have a few other people lined up that I really hope you enjoy. But for now, let's go see what Jake Bottelieri's up to and talk a little bit about Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Hello, everyone. Um, I almost said, welcome to Medium Cool. You already know where you are. What am I talking about? Jake, you're yes. with us. We have Jake Bottelieri here. Say hello, Jake. Hello, Jake. God, everyone fucking does that. Dude, Joe does. Like, everyone does. Anyways, so uh, just so everybody knows, uh, the day of this recording, I'm in all kinds of, I'm a fluster right now. So bear you're, with you're me. You're a here. hot mess. Yeah, I'm a hot mess. 
My glasses are all kinds of messed up right now. They're all, it's like a dirty windshield right now. And I don't have my fucking glass clean things. I'm getting worked up, Jake. This is going to be a fun conversation where I just rant about things. I think the whole time, yeah. how do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I feel great high pressure on me because now it's down to me to brighten your evening, which can be a lot of pressure. I've known you long enough to know that that, you know, yeah. that, can be a, that can be a burden, if not in the hands of someone that could, you know, handle it. <laughs> I, give you I, I think I can handle it. I think you can. I think so. <laughs> I think what else is going to be fun is uh, us talking about Sam Peckinpah's Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia uh, from 1974. This is the 48th anniversary. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and I've already said this in the intro, but I do just want to remind us. We tried recording this like literally oh, yeah. the week of the anniversary and all of my technical stuff was fucked. Yeah, so that, I'm not I'm trying not to rant about that right now, too, but it's OK. It'll okay. be OK. <laughs> Anyways, so we've kind of done this already. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia is directed by Sam Peckinpah, written by Gordon T. Dawson, Sam Peckinpah. And uh, the story was created by Frank Kowalski, uh, the cast Warren Oates and uh, Isela Vega. It was released August 7th, 1974, with a budget of $1.5 million. Unfortunately, it only made 700000 at the box office, which it definitely deserves more than that. It is streaming literally fucking nowhere. <laughs> and if I had, <clears throat> I luckily I had a DVD copy from like 15 years ago. I feel yeah, like same. it's like so long ago. Um, so I was able to watch it. This is something you and I have wanted to do for over a year now, I believe. So yeah. Um, uh, we were going to do it for Sam Peckinpah's birthday in December, but we were both just way too busy. So I'm glad that we actually got like an anniversary. Granted, it's 48th, so that's weird. But see if I give a fuck, Jake. Yeah, this movie is about <laughs> power through. An Amer- power through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie is about an American bartender and his prostitute girlfriend, and they go on a road trip through the Mexican underworld to collect one million, a one million dollar bounty on the head of a dead gigolo. Now, Jake. Um, uh, you picked this movie a while back whenever I mentioned I wanted to do a uh, Sam Peckinpah thing. Right. And uh, <clears throat> I would like to know, what was it about Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia that made you go, yep, that's the one? Well, to anyone that's seen the movie, they'll know that that's a a, a really, really great question. <laughs> because this movie's weird. Uh, I, I like this movie a lot, but with 12 asterisks, after that statement, um, I, I guess primarily Peckinpah is one of my favorite directors. I, I haven't seen every single one of his films, but I've, I've seen almost every one of his films. I, I think I haven't seen The Getaway and I think one more. I haven't seen Convoy. But I don't know if that counts, but uh, Peckinpah is incredible. Uh, Wild Bunch is one of my favorite movies ever made. But um, if I'm being honest, I, I don't know if I have a lot to say about Wild Bunch that's that's that wouldn't just be a gush you know I I feel like our our past couple podcasts too I I we were really talking about films that I can just gush and gush and gush over and Alfredo Garcia is different and I I thought it might lead to a more interesting conversation because there's a lot to talk about and I don't feel like it's necessarily ground that's just been covered a million times like if we were to talk about Wild Bunch which is a master yeah its own right yeah i i love the wild bunch as well i did a a written piece for i believe it was the film yap when i had a column that was a cinema cinema blind spots is what it was Mm. and uh that movie the wild bunch was so popular and it fit kind of my criteria for that column and i was basically watching a lot of movies that were either 
like huge critical sensations, regardless of audience, huge pop like audience sensations uh, or uh, movies within the film community that I'm embarrassed to have not seen. Like regardless sure. of the others, these could be maybe cult films or or whatever. Right. And uh, the Wild Bunch was kind of a, a little of all of those things, um, you know, at least relatively speaking, if you look back at um uh, you know, what was going on at the time. So um, the, the Wild Bunch fit that really well. <clears throat> I, I've also taken it upon myself to watch a few others. Um, I've seen The Wild Bunch, as I said. I've also seen Straw Dogs, which is the mm. first one I ever saw before I'd ever kn- knew what Sam Peckinpah was all about, not yeah. knowing that he was super into, like, that ultraviolence. So this wasn't shocking for a Peckinpah film, right. but maybe shocking for a little newcomer like me. Uh, right. But I also saw The Getaway, and I may have watched The Getaway for that column as well. I can't remember, but it was sometime around that time um, that I watched that. And those are the only ones other than recently seeing Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. I do have to say, and I want to go on a, a very brief tangent here. Um, I have wanted to see Cross of Iron ever since mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards came out. Yeah. And there's the one movie on the screen that like Hitler and everyone goes to that uh, to that um, theater for. Right. And I believe uh, Eli Roth directed the movie that they're watching. Like he did all right. like that kind of side uh, stuff. And, and Stolster <laughs> Nation, Nation's Pride, I think. Nation's Pride. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And so um, I but I read every time I read that everyone was like, yeah, he was basically making his version of Cross of Iron. Right. And I'm like, that movie looks kind of fucking awesome, though. So like, I have to see Cross of Iron. It's like yeah. the one I want to see that and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia were like the two. I'm like, I have to see these. Uh, Orson um, Welles, so, outspoken fan of Cross of Iron. Just throwing that in there. Orson yeah, Welles, yeah. huge fan of it. Sell it to me real quick because you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's honestly it's. Peckinpah's World War II movie. And it's it's over the top at times. It's cheesy at times, but it's super, super gritty. It has an interesting, if not a little bit. It's it's weird seeing it now after seeing Bastards and stuff. It, it probably won't feel as unique, but I could imagine seeing it when it came out. I think it came out in the late 70s. It, yeah. it It's way different than a lot of other war films. And it's 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 sort of weird that he only ever did one because Peck and Paw plus World War Two is chocolate and peanut butter in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's just you know? magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks fucking awesome. That might I'm just predicting that to be my favorite of his. Yeah. Even Wild Bunch <laughs> include I'm not saying made the best film, but just my personal favorite. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. the addendums or the um the prefaces that you may make with this film we're talking about today. Um Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia was an interesting experience for me though because as i'm watching it um the first half of it i found myself just kind of underwhelmed and a little sure. bit i don't want to use the term bored because i wouldn't say that but i what i was like it was the classic like i'm checking my phone more than mm-hmm. i should be right like that kind of yeah. a thing and and I, a, a few minutes into it i was just like why am i doing this like i, I really started thinking about what was going on? And I was like, I just don't get I don't care enough about this relationship, um, you know, and I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. The point is, there were all of these things. And of course, there were moments in that first half uh, that did grab my attention. You know, I mean, um, Chris Christopherson's whole sequence is like, what a fucked asshole. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. uh, and that's in the first half. But I mean, there's there are uh, moments that shine. But by and large, I was just kind of like not really into it. 
And it wasn't until the graveyard sequence, which if you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not afraid of spoilers, but uh, I am just being intentionally vague here. But you know what I'm talking about. The grave scene involving Alfredo Garcia. And as soon as that whole sequence transpires, and again, we can talk about it if you want to, but I'm kind of intentionally being vague for now. Dude, War Notes is so fucking good. Like, I didn't feel like he was that good until this sequence and (laughs) then it becomes this like fucking revenge movie and though i wasn't blown away by the end i was like fuck that was real cool there's like this almost tarantino level like mexican standoff of sorts with like this family and and these hitmen or whatever you know and it's just like fuck like this is so wild and it had my attention 100 percent um and i just don't know i don't know if it was the the romance that didn't get me because it felt kind of forced for an audience or something for me. I I don't know what it was, but I, I want to ask you. This is kind of where I want to start because maybe you yeah. can help me process uh, how I feel about this as well. Um, but how do you feel about the first half and the second half? Do you feel do you personally feel a difference? Are you kind of on board the whole time? Yeah. So uh, I think you're accurate to sort of point out that the first half has a very different pace than the second half. And I think the further you delve, the more it sort of becomes uh, a manner of, you know, taste. I think some people like slower paced stuff. Some people don't. Some people like it when it's good, don't like it when it's bad. Maybe it doesn't bother them. Maybe it doesn't flag them. But uh, yeah, the first half of this film goes by at a snail's pace. And I, I, I really think it's, that alone is a weird thing that kind of differentiates this film from a lot of his other flicks. And I think it's one of many things that uh, one of many arrows, if you will, that points to this being a much more deeply sort of deceptively personal film for Peckinpah. And I think the, you know, we could sort of peel the layers away um, of that onion, but I, I think it's a deeply personal character study. And I I think on some level, he he wanted the first half to be almost solely spending time with, with Benny and with Benny's girlfriend to the point where, you know, it's almost like we can track it better once it gets exciting because we've spent so much time kind of waiting for, for the, the gears to turn on this thing that once it does... I mean, that last, like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, it it just burns by yeah, because we've been like we've been waiting for and that won't be everyone's cup of tea. But I I, I think that alone structurally, whether you're into it or not, whether it's too slow or, or fine, I think that is a big thing that sort of differentiates Alfredo Garcia from the rest of his films, even the rest of his films that that have a slower pace. Yeah, it, you bring up pacing and I find that very interesting because, sorry, I, I feel like something's wrong with my breathing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, Stick you bring up pace, and it's it's very interesting because I think about it, and though you are right, the first part is slower. I feel like the first forty five minutes to an hour could easily be compressed to the first act, 
mm-hmm. maybe not fully for narrative purposes, but I feel like a large portion of what is being developed is the relationship. Right, um, right. But the way it's being developed, I think it's the execution of that that on a personal level I don't respond to. And someone like you may just be like, well, no, I can maybe see problems with it, but it just doesn't bother me. And I yeah. can totally accept that 100%. But I think like you as a script writer, and we're going to talk about a few things. Yeah. A screenwriter, like, I'm curious what you think of of this script because again I agree with the pacing but like we were, you and I before we started recording we're talking about 2001 a space odyssey and I'm just like gripped by that movie. <laughs> right. But but there's also that incredible yeah. pr- production, right? And that incredible attention to detail and all of this kind of stuff that was ahead of its time and that was a much bigger kind of deal for the time in terms of what was being accomplished. And so like it's not fair to compare those two. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what we get with Alfredo Garcia is a very raw film, which I don't want to talk about yet. Let's put a pin in that. We have plenty sure. to say there. Uh, it's a very raw film, but the the script and the way that the film the story is developed. Again, the story being about uh, Benny, this uh, bartender who is in Mexico with his uh, prostitute girlfriend, and gets pulled into this kind of headhunt. And they yeah. find out that the person that is being hunted by this cartel is dead. And so they're going to the grave of this person to uh, essentially cut off his fucking head yeah. <laughs> and bring yeah. it to him as he was asked to do. Right. So um, and they're just like, yeah, it's that classic. Did you ever see The American? The George Clooney uh, movie, The American? Yeah, I think yeah. I think you showed it to me. I think like I did. Yes. 11 years ago. I'm pretty sure because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's a similar story in that way, too, except for Benny's not a hitman. But it's like, you know, all right, cool. I got to do this one last hit. I'll get some money and then I'm out. Yeah. Right. And it's that classic thing. Like Benny's just like, no, no, no. If we get this money, we can live the life we wanted to. It's the classic motivation of if I do X, then we have Y. Right. One last um, job. Just one last yeah, job. And dude, I'm a sucker for that shit. Okay. I don't give a fuck like as long as you're doing something interesting with it and i think by the end this one does um and i have a lot of good to say about it but i'm 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 hanging on to it because i want to talk about the script here how do you feel as a screenwriter um about the script about how things are are uh how they progress how they're developed or not yeah lack thereof of any of those just talk a little bit about what you get from that sure yeah big answer here so if you gotta cut me off or put a pin in it uh, you just let me know. But uh, the the script is interesting because uh, just separate from this, it's like, what is a good script? Is a good script like every, every time someone has dialogue, it it is snappy and it works? Is a good script just the story beats and the character beats and then execution is less important? Uh, I don't know because I, I think you got to gauge a, a film's worth based on how all the components Correct. Sort of work together. I would Having, I would say all the things you said are true, right? Yeah, like depending yeah. on the situation, I believe they're I, all true. I, yeah. I think when you look at it that way, it's fair to say that the script is kind of a weaker point of this film, at least in the first half, at least in terms of plotting. But the the this sounds weird, but the the ways that it's weaker are, are sort of the ways that I'm fascinated with it because I think if you look at uh, Pack and Paw's filmography. Alfredo Garcia, more than a lot of his other films, not that he's known for making these, you know, uh, Fincher-esque, complex, psychological labyrinth plot lines, but (laughs) I think Alfredo Garcia, as like a 
as just a plot as like a one sentence log line of what it's about. It's so simple and it's so easy to get. Yeah. And the film then tries to convince you that it's everything but that, right? <laughs> like, like, like you're saying that 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 first that first like hour where we're spending time with with uh, Benny and his girlfriend, there, there's a reality where that's 15 minutes in a movie, right? I I think it's a really interesting- Alita, by the way, Alita. I, yes. I forgot too, but Alita, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Alita Battle Angel. Um, yeah, okay, sorry, that, that's a bomb. <laughs> Um, I was but, taking a drink of water. Oh, okay. So everybody yeah. knows. So. <laughs> you could have thrown me under the bus. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I'll we, edit we, that out then, so you look like shit. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we look at the we look at the screenplay, right? And it's like there's there's definitely a, a version of this script. If you were to take the plot line, it would actually be interesting to see it remade because I feel like the way that they would execute it today is so different than than he did back then. But it's kind yeah. of this perfect plot line you know the, the sort of uh uh headhunt for this guy uh bar american bartender in mexico takes one last job to get the money uh bam turns out guy's already dead now even even the big twist the way it's presented in the film is like there is not really any big build up any big sort of Shyamalan you know pull the curtain back yeah. and reveal this it it it's very much like um Oh, where's my brain? Um, matter of fact, mm-hmm. like everything yeah. that happens is so matter of fact. They they don't amp it up for stakes. They don't amp it up for tension. He he introduces the most simplistic revenge plot or not revenge plot. The most simplistic kind of you know uh, gritty crime plot in the world and does nothing with it for an hour. It's 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 like we we yeah. get introduced to the plot. And then there's like a 45 minute caveat to spend time with these characters. So um, under under a certain guise, we can look at that and say screenwriting is kind of weak. But I'm sort of fascinated by his decision to do all that the same way one might be fascinated with um, like a really interesting song structure or something like that, where, you know, not every song needs to be help. Not every song needs to be hard day's night. And sometimes it's interesting to get a different perspective, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I I think the the screenplay is is an odd weak point if if you want to be kind of a literalist for for what good screenwriting is in terms of you know visual storytelling and and filmmaking and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I go back to the the specificity of so many of Peck and Paul's decisions seem to deviate from the obvious way to do something that I'm sort of fascinated by it as this film is like an insight into who this guy was and what he found value in and importance in as a director, as a person, you know, uh, Warren Oates a hundred percent is like, like, you know, every Woody Allen movie has the character in it. That's like in essence, Woody Allen, you know, (laughs) every character has the Woody clone. I think Warren Oates in a lot of ways, much more than characters that show up in Peck and Paw's other films. I think Warren Oates is like a Peck and Paw dupe in this film. And his decision to spend so much time with him, I think, is is sort of paramount in in trying to wrap your head around that. Yeah. I think you helped me pinpoint something here. 
Yeah. I brought up the script thinking that was a problem, but you're right. The more we started talking about it, it's like, no, these are like my favorite movies. It's like, it is an interesting idea, right? Yeah. It is an interesting idea that uh, you're going to have a road trip movie for the first 45 minutes, essentially, um, where this couple is going to get this proof, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last half of it is like a revenge movie, basically. You know what I mean? And it's fucking cool. And I love a ton of movies like that. For as much as it pains me, I think that then leads me to Peck and Paul's execution of sure. this material. And it makes me wonder if 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 this is as personal as you're kind of alluding to. And I don't know if you know that it is or it feels that way to you. I don't know uh, if it is kind of autobiographical. Are, are you saying that just because it feels that way to you or do you? I don't you necessarily that? think that he took a road trip. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Prostitute girlfriend to, to find a guy's severed head. But definitely I, not. No, I think it's fair to suggest in their dialogue in looking at Benny's life in Mexico, how he interacts with people, who he is as a person, his behavior. I think it's fair to suggest that there's a lot of peck and paw in Benny. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. And yeah, <laughs> let's make, let's be clear. <laughs> not an autobiography. That is not what I meant. I think I used that term. That's not what I meant to use. Yeah. So <clears throat> the thing with the thing with Alfredo Garcia here is, uh, dude, I still just have a problem with this road trip part because think about this. Like, what do we actually learn? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to end this with a question here. What do we actually learn about these characters? Um, you know, it starts off with Benny, who's like being really charismatic and he's playing piano and he's getting everybody hyped in this bar. And, uh, we see, uh, Alita who is, um, you know, uh, a prostitute, but she's like, is, uh, I don't remember. I think she comes into the bar if I remember correctly. And, um, and you have these two. He, he meets that, her at like a third party. Does he meet her at the third like, party? Okay. It's like a nicer, like dinner club type place. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I had, I had, I, that was like the one missing detail yeah. I had there. So, uh, you have this moment. It's really showing off who kind of Warren Oates is because what's, or, sorry, who Benny is. Uh, and Warren Oates is so great at it because he shows you Benny as this charismatic, like, uh, the kind of public perception that he's giving, giving off or whatever, like the public self. Um, and then these, these hitmen show up and he's trying to hold on to that kind of public projection of himself, but yeah. you see it breaking down subtly, right? Where he's like yeah. starting to kind of freak out and it's because he knows who Alfredo Garcia is. And these guys are asking about this guy right. and he's kind of freaking. And then uh, you see him with Alita and he's a different person there as well. Now he's not doing public projection as much as he's just being Benny. Right. He's just yeah. Benny. The walls are down a bit. I mean, it starts off kind of contentious, you know, uh, but then, but then it's like cool, and they kind of laugh about things and, mm-hmm. um, and and whatnot. So, uh, and then he wakes up with crabs. So, <laughs> and then he wakes up with yeah, yeah, he wakes up with crabs, <laughs> and then I think he like pinches her or something yeah, in bed, yeah. and she like yells at him. It's just like a really weird sequence. But like, then he's a different person, and it's like, man, this is cool. This this in like five minutes just developed Benny. Sure, right? Like this kind of shows you there are different sides to this character and we're on our way to a three-dimensional character and then what follows is uh he goes to take the job they start the road trip which he very easily gets alita to go with them which clearly there was like tension about that that yeah. is very quickly quelled and she just goes but it's fine that that's common i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm just joking about that way too many movies at this time did 
like kind of convenient things like that. So you have Benny and Alita. They're in the car. Like, what do we actually learn about these yeah. characters for the next fucking 35 minutes? You know what I mean? Because sure. we have the scene with Chris Christopherson, which is intense. Yeah. Like, I, I, I dig that scene in terms of how it makes me feel. You know, like, it, it gets me. Um, but otherwise, they just kind of, like, argue like an old married couple. But then at the same time, like, he's, like, begging her not to leave. And <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I have I mean, an answer for that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the answer is going to satisfy you because I, it doesn't uh, have to. Because okay, yeah. the reason I'm asking and something, the big thing about this podcast that I want to reiterate is I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Sure. I want to know yeah. why you like it. Like, I don't care yeah. if I agree. So, like, well, please, even, I, I yeah. want to hear your answer. Even, even that question is a little bit loaded because I, I think. I, I have answers for your questions, but that doesn't mean that like I'm captain of the Alfredo Garcia Defense Force because this I know, is no, I know. At, at times a challenging film. And I think I, I would be hard pressed to take issue with someone that saw it and said this wasn't for me. I wouldn't jump to saying, but but hear this. I, I think if someone saw the movie and said this is valueless, I'd I'd be able to argue with that. Yeah. So sure. just to just to draw a sort of point of distinction there. But yeah. I, I do think, in essence, that entire sequence exists to show us that uh, Benny loves her. Benny loves Alita and Benny loves Alita despite her uh, trade, uh, despite her past and despite the fact that oftentimes things are a little bit contentious with them. And I'm kind of fascinated by that in the context of where this film falls in Peck and Paw's filmography, because I think it's fair to say, I mean, Peck and Paw had like issues with women, you know, and I, I, I'm not bringing that up in some sort of, you know, 2022, you know, lens looking back at these old films. But I, I think there's a lot of like, re like a lot of his male characters have like really, really deep rooted resentments towards women in his movies for one reason or another. And the way he chose, he chooses to portray the behavior of women sometimes comes across as like, he thinks they're all sort of Machiavellian, like opportunistic, you know, <laughs> manipulators. And I think this film is really interesting because there is, there is some, there's some sequences in this that are, that are very difficult to watch, not exactly the same way, but sort of adjacent to that famous sequence in straw dogs where, you know, you, you, you have a woman basically complicit in a rape. There there's a lot of sequences in Alfredo Garcia where, Female characters are sexually humiliated. Female characters are are sort of, you know, uh, shamed for these things that they do. But in a weird way, the extent of time that Benny spends with Alita, I think is like actually weirdly progressive and insightful coming from a guy, Peckinpah, who has these issues that are kind of like bold and red and vivid in like all of his other films. Um, I mean, before the, I might be wrong on where this exactly is placed, but like, you know, before the halfway point of the movie, you basically have Benny accepting Alita and Alita's past and wanting to marry her in, in a, in a very true, genuine way. And that sort of segues into what I think one of the most interesting parts of the film is in part two, that, that ongoing um dialogue he has with Alfredo's head and i think in a weird way that sort of turn benny has where where he sort of becomes allied 
with Alfredo Garcia's severed head. <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think the roots of that are they that they had Alita in common. And it it sort of drives Benny crazy, this idea that this woman he loved was with this sort of, you know, playboy who's who's wanted by this like rich and powerful, you know, uh, uh, military cartel family. Uh, But what kind of turns Benny is 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 in this sort of ongoing dialogue with the head. He sort of realizes that that elite is the thing they have in common the most. And and so I, I think the the extent of time we spend in that first half goes to sow the seeds for that in the second half. Now, does that need to be 45 minutes long? Probably not. I don't think and so. Also, I think it, the question also is, is that effective for you? And the answer could be yes or no. Right. I think what you're saying is true. It just wasn't effective for me. And I, yeah. I'm glad that you're helping me pr- like kind of. Uh, pinpoint these things because I agree with what you're saying. I actually, um, actually, you, I never thought of him connecting with the head. I always thought of that as some dark comedy, uh, like darkly comedic little sure. addition. But in, in reality, there is a tie there. That's great. Like I well, love I think, that observation. In in all the sort of bickering with with the head, and in, in all the wrestling with these places, Alfredo was these familiar places that Alfredo was before he died. I think he just has the realization like, man, I got more in this. I got more in common with this guy who kind of got a raw deal than any of the people I'm doing this for any of the people I'm actually working for. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that sets the scene for, you know, the, the big sort of revenge thing at the end where, where he, you know, helps the daughter out. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's great. And, and I think uh, I, I kind of want to segue slightly while kind of keeping on this, this um, trajectory here, I kind of yeah. want to, segue a little bit to the aesthetic of the film because we've talked about this multiple times up to this sure. point. Yeah. Um because this is a really raw looking film and some might say bad. I would not say that. <laughs> um though I would say I have issues with how a lot of movies during this era shot in color. Yeah, because the people in it was mostly in the 50s and 60s. If you got movies in color, they looked like they had the same crew for black and white movies and they were lit and shot identically to the way that they were in black and white. But the problem is with color, you have a much wider spectrum. Right. It just right. looks washed out and fucked There's different and things going fucking on. PBS. OK, like it just looks yeah. stupid. So uh, I hate that. Now, by the 70s, a lot of low budget productions we're doing that kind of out of necessity. Um, and unfortunately, it just looks like shit to me. Um, but Alfredo Garcia is really interesting. I think you have a really interesting perspective um, because you talked about how this, speaking of the script, this the look of this film kind of mirrors the narrative of, of the right. movie. So would you expand on that a little bit? And then we'll kind of continue talking about the look of this film. Sure. Uh, again, my preface is the movie is not as beautiful as Wild Bunch. The movie is not as beautiful as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You know what I mean? Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Uh, got my... Uh, or duo. the other one. <laughs> yeah, or the other one. Got my uh, duo Western, which one Pack and Paw did. Yeah. Uh, confused. But, um, you know, you could look at Pack and Paw's filmography up until this point and, and sort of cherry pick movies from before Alfredo Garcia that looked a lot better. And I, I think Step one, the the big E on the seeing eye chart, as I'll call it, is this movie had a very low budget. 
it had a very low yeah. budget compared to a lot of his other films. Uh, I mean, someone can run interference on this if they 1. want. One point five mil. Oh. Yeah. Uh, now look up if if it's easy. Look up Wild Bunch because I would venture to guess it was probably one eighth the budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. So I, I think step one, the, the there's really no defense of the rawness. The, the rawness is a byproduct of, of having limited funds, having what I imagine is a considerably condensed shooting schedule. And I might be wrong on this too, but I think Peckinpah did the entire film in Mexico with a Mexican crew, which, you know, those, those guys did not have, you know, the means that, you know, a, a huge sort of, you know, paramount company men unionized crew would have, sure, you know, yeah. and I, I think it's less a byproduct of skill and and more byproduct of, of means and budget and, you know, the yeah. length of time they had to work with. I, I also want to clarify that the wild bunch was five years prior yeah. to the release of uh, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. And it's also substantially longer. Mm. Um, and it was six million dollars to make, whereas one point yeah. five mil for Alfredo Garcia, and this is five years later. Um, and uh, Wild Bunch brought in eleven mil, which is really good for sixty nine. Yeah. Right? Um, and yeah. because at that point, you know, the movie industry's like trying to recover from just the crash of the fifties and yeah. television and shit. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, eleven mil ish, somewhere around there, maybe. Um, so it, it nearly doubled. Uh, and like I said, uh, Alfredo Garcia granted was a smaller film, uh, made like 700 grand, which is unfortunate. I believe it earned more than that. That's, I wish it would. Earn yeah. More than maybe that. It, uh, it not, a, it. not adjusted, but like, you know, since then with repertory screenings and, and DVD and sure. Original uh, box office, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but continue please. So, so the comparison yeah, of the I look and everything. I think there's 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 really objective reasons why the look would be different. Now, if I wanted to play this game where I'm like, oh, well, all of it is intentional to to mirror the rawness of Benny's. No, I don't think it was intentional in that way. But I, I do think there is sort of an affinity that this story has with a more raw visual style. Um, offhand, what I do know was intentional is is obviously Peck and Plus use of uh, regular motion and slow motion uh, cut together yeah. in action sequences. And uh, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure him and the cinematographer for Alfredo Garcia both decided very early on no wide angle lenses. So because of that, interesting, yeah, you have a lot of these bar scenes and restaurant scenes that feel very cramped. When Benny's talking to uh, Alita, when Benny's talking to the people that hire him, it feels very cramped. And, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that, you know, that says something about how he wanted to portray Mexico, how he wanted to portray this guy's place in Mexico. Um, even when they leave and go on the road trip, we we never really get those those super wide shots that that are prevalent in Wild Bunch. So I would say for sure that's intentional. As far as the rawness, uh, my guess, byproduct of um, lower budget and uh, limited uh, crew means. Yeah. For better yeah, or for worse, you know. For better or for worse, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate because the, there are times where the look of the film is great. And that's usually um, because it looks low budget in terms of just like. Yeah. The way the film itself just looks, you know, <laughs> like it's just not clean. It's 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 kind of gritty. Um, and when they're outside using natural light, 
I was like pretty into that. It's all those interiors, yeah. man. That yeah. just I, like the the apartment with Alita, and every time they're in there, you can tell there's just a fucking light right behind the camera. <laughs> like yeah, it's, the wall. It's, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> I I gotta say, sometimes I like it. I I like the sort of weird hotel that is like the home base of the guys that recruit Benny. I think that's it, it's a very dated set, but in a way that I think is cool and interesting. And yeah, and sort of yeah. The time. Um, like, likewise, a lot of the outdoor stuff is cool, but I, I think they do day for night. I might be wrong. because Oh up. yeah. That's horrible. I, th- I don't remember if they do either, but either way, book. it's always horrible. I mean, I hate it in American graffiti and that movie's like a, a, a treasure. That movie's a masterpiece. And still when they do that underexposed blue day for night, I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it. But, um, you know, luxury of the modern era films don't have to do that as much. And again, limited means. Uh, from what yeah. I understand about film emulsion too, the, you know, they, they were not quite at that level where they were able to sort of effectively use all these stocks during nighttime. So, you know, when you, with your, <laughs> with your back up against the wall, uh, shooting in Mexico day for night, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think also we have to consider the fact that, um, you know, he actually got this film made. And yeah. I would just be like, well, if I can't make it the way I want to, I won't make it. At least he like made yeah. the goddamn thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, man. But I, I just I, I envision it in my head where where Wild Bunch is like, you know, as as close to a big Hollywood production as Peck and Paul would let him let himself get to. Right. With a yeah. lot of people scurrying around and a lot of people delegating. And I just env- again, all speculation. But I envision the crew of Alfredo Garcia just being like this tight knit group of guys that were just out to do it down and dirty, however they could, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, look at the time period, look at the uh, technology, things like that. I mean, it just, nowadays you could take a DSLR and make it look as good as anything else. You know what I mean? And the, the dude, Alex Phillips jr. The guy that was a cinematographer for this. um, He didn't, I mean, he did a few movies that I've heard of, um, mm. But none of which are big at all. Uh, right. Probably the most notable is Foxtrot that I've heard mm. of uh, from 1976. He was a cinematographer. He did work in the uh, camera and electrical department on Total Recall. So that makes me really happy. That's his claim to fame, clearly. Wow. But he was not the cinematographer, just right. the camera and electrical department. Uh, but I looked that up because I was just curious, like, what else has this guy done that I can compare to see like was this a one-off experience and he's done incredible things or was this kind of the same and just from what i looked it looks like he did a lot of similar movies to this in terms of uh budget level and things like that so um certainly uh in in that vein i'm looking at um i'm on imdb on my other screen here and i'm looking at a trailer for alfredo garcia and it looks a billion times better than the dvd version (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, see, now it's a question like what percentage of what you felt is watching yeah, uh, it 720 NTSC or, you know, whatever. Dude, you know. yeah. I mean, this looks good. You should just go to IMDb yeah. and look at the fucking muted video that just plays. I would like this a billion times better, I feel like, 
because the DVD looks like shit, and I can see they do the things that annoy me in here, but it's clearly yeah. an HD restoration, and right. it just doesn't look as bad as it does in the fucking DVD, and it makes me upset now that I've been bitching about this for the last 10 minutes, and yeah. then I see this, and I'm like, well, maybe it's not even an issue. Um, so everybody should go to IMDb, imdb.com, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia, type that shit in. And just like, look at this little snippet. It looks a lot better than I'm explaining. I'm going to retract a little bit, but I am saying that based on what I saw, though, that was a part of my experience. So I'm not retracting what I said. But if I saw this fucking version, um, maybe <laughs> I wouldn't have at least this specific hang up. I still yeah. will hold on to the uh, one that we talked about with like the the uh, execution of the plot. Um, I would have to watch it again to see if I had a different experience. Uh, but uh, I agree with you that the the story is so good. I actually love the idea of this um, this cartel lord uh, finds out his daughter's pregnant and he wants the fucking head of the guy that yeah. knocked her up. And then he finds this fucking bartender in Mexico, Somehow you know, his goons versus his gro- his cronies, yeah. and they they find this guy playing piano. And there, there are like more people after Alfredo Garcia other than right. Benny too, so that like plays into it. Uh, it's really interesting. There is a Blu-ray of of this, by the way. If anybody didn't know, I believe Twilight Time put it out, but then Arrow Video has one. But I think it's only from in Europe at the moment. I hope yeah. that Arrow brings it here because I would love to see um, an updated version. So again, everybody take with a grain of salt the visual side. I'm just giving you my experience with the fucking old DVD uh, that I had. It was probably fucking 480p, dude, for all I know. <laughs> Watch Anyways. it on your Game Boy. Watch it on a, a, a UMD, <laughs> a universal media yeah. disc, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, man. I also think that... So this... I have what we're talking about as, like, just a criticism of, like, low-budget cinematography in the 70s. But, but I do have, like, just a tiny, tiny bit like a warm fuzziness, like when you're watching like a Sergio Carbucci film or a Lucio Fulci film, all those sort of like quick and dirty genre films that were coming out in the sixties and seventies, you know, like Django there's, um, off the top head, like, like four of four of the apocalypse, um, it had a look that was like, maybe left a little bit something to be desired, but yeah. They 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 wanted to make their film and you know they 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 chose to do that with the means that they had and you you can't hate on them for that. Yeah, and don't you think like something like Django, for example, there's like with, with a lot of those uh, Italian westerns, um, they have that like shitty lighting shit that I hate that I just described as well. Yeah, but, like there is something about, for example, in Django, horses trotting through the fucking mud. Yeah, yeah. Or 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 Django walking pulling a a wooden coffin behind his yeah. back. Fucking yeah, well, some fucking just, uh, the, some the fucking, Yeah, some fucking like British guy or someone they hired with fucked up teeth shooting <laughs> someone and then the camera doing this and he's like <laughs> Yeah. and he's just like laughing ridiculously. Like there is a a vibe right. to Italian westerns. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's like and there's I, like I think- it's Go ahead. Just, uh, I think Alfredo Garcia is, in essence, a Western, right? But I think it's yeah. supposed to take place, like, when the movie came out. I think it's supposed to take place in, like, you know, 1974 or whatever. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, we, you know, you, you trade horses for cars, you trade, you know, saloons for, you know, these shithole piano bars, which is sort of my thing. But I think very quickly <laughs> when you, when you yeah. swap ingredients, very quickly, what you're describing is the vibe, the, the milieu, very quickly, that stuff starts changing and you're either into it or you're not. It is, you know, maybe slightly less dynamic or novel than when you're doing, you know, like a true Western. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think like I, I'm only saying this because I think you have a point, but yeah. my my my, my uh, it's not even a counterpoint, but uh, my addition to what you're saying, I guess, is like when I think of these movies like you mentioned or even like I said, The Great Silence, which is another Corbucci movie. Granted, that's in the snow, but still. Yeah. Um, or any of these gritty Westerns like that. Or even some of like the B westerns, like the Bud Bedecker stuff, or like Seven mm. Men from Now. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing is a whole different vibe. Uh, and and you're right, like you get like that really low budget thing, like like Alfredo Garcia. You know, um, but I I think of Django, and I think you know what makes up for how just kind of grimy that movie looks, despite any production things, is all of that fucking Tarantino level, like, uh, like. Everyone's wearing red masks whenever they watch yeah. this. Yeah, you know? it's, it's and very like, vivid. It's very vivid. And and Alfredo Garcia is sort of like intentionally muted in like every possible scene. But also but also like it I don't feel like it has with the exception of the head mm. and maybe some of the last half. I don't feel like it, I want you to correct me if you think I'm wrong, that's why I'm bringing this up. But I don't think it has any of those like you know, when you watch like um um, like Yojimbo, the Kurosawa yeah. movie, and you know that giant fucking Japanese dude that's on one of the sides. He has like a fucking hammer, and he looks like an anime character. And he's like, yeah. and he's like a fucking foot and a half taller than everyone else. Like that dude's a fucking goon. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, or like, it's, you, it's like almost, the fucking Sopranos. Uh, it's like Paulie or any of those dudes that are like that are like fucking gimmicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're like yeah. they can be it's, people in that context, but they're like fucking gimmicks real quick hold on or or like um the fucking the tommy gun sequence or or just like all of the ex eccentricities that come uh like with those things and i feel like uh alfredo garcia if we were to compare and and mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is a downfall of the film I'm just saying if we were to compare i think in many ways it lacks those things that make me love movies like what we're talking about Does yeah that make sense it does you know, I, I don't want to try to act like I know why Peckinpah directed the film <laughs> okay. the way he did, but I, I do think that with the movies we're referencing on an aesthetic level, it's important to point out that a lot of them are like very pulpy in a surface yeah. sort of way. And Yojimbo's different, so throw that aside because that pokes holes. Oh, in yeah, that's a different state, but, game, yeah. Uh, I think Alfredo Garcia is like supposed to be like a deeply introspective movie deceptively. And sometimes some scenes it works more than others, but I don't think Corbucci's Django. I don't think that movie's supposed to be introspective at all. <laughs> no. You know, I don't think for the apocalypse, which, which is like, a you know, I think Fulci did that, but someone, someone's got to run interference on that again for the apocalypse is like a really cool sort of underrated spaghetti Western, but like, there is no introspection in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so with introspection comes maybe a desire to shoot things a little bit more realistically, a little less 
bright and colorful and and vivid and a little bit more gritty and and down to earth and and you know ugly for ugly sake yeah i, I wanted to be clear i i don't i don't dislike bring me the head of alfredo garcia again there are uh probably i can think of three scenes in the first half that i particularly I don't want to say like because the Chris Christopher, since it's not necessarily a scene I like, <laughs> it's just it's effective though. Maybe you know what problems I mean? like, if you like it too much, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more it that it's effective every morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Chris was actually like he was actually like I think pretty good, and I, I know that like when I see or hear the name, I think of his music first, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Same. But I know like like Burt Reynolds was like such a champion of of Christofferson. And, uh, you know, I think they did a couple of flicks together and like you forget that he's like really good. And he's such a like slime ball as the biker that it's so funny thinking of him in this other world as as, you know, a musician capable of such gentle, beautiful music like he was, you know, know. he's know. just and- such a like hell's angels, like blob dirtbag in this, you know. <laughs> With his, with his like, sticking out of his shirt, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not weight shaming him. Just, just no, like no, 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 overall no, no. essence of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's just a, a slime of a human. Yeah, I know. He's, I, I got what you mean. He's he's, he's muck. <laughs> he's goo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so accurate. So, um, uh, again, you, you with with your twelve asterisks aside, you know, I know that yeah. you're a fan of this overall. I also am a fan. I'm just a mild fan. I have to admit, sure. uh, definitely not my favorite. I have to see this. Whatever this HD thing I'm seeing on IMDb right now, yeah, I have to see this. It's, I think this would right automatically now. elevate this experience because the version I watched looks so much like shit. Yeah, so, you gotta um, ask one of your one of your visitors or wow, visitors. What am I talking about? You gotta ask one of your uh, listeners in Europe. To snag a copy of the the Arrow version for you and send it your way, dude. Or for Amazon. Let's be honest. We know where. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. No, so so I want to I want to ask uh, a, a question to kind of start wrapping up, but we don't have to like yeah. close right now. But I I, I want to talk about contemporary film. You brought up way 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 at the top uh, about like how you'd almost be interested in seeing like a, a remake of this. Yeah, which I would actually be really interested to see a remake. Uh, of this as well, just to see how it was handled. Um, but I also don't think they make movies like this anymore. Um, no, and no. and of, not, obviously not just like this, but like you don't get this level of simplicity, it seems, anymore. It's like movies that are far right. too convoluted and act like they're complex. When in reality, they are as simple as this. There's just a bunch of convoluted bullshit in it. Um, but this movie is what it fucking is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not trying to be more or less. It just is. And I love that. And you have movies like I mentioned with the American where it is what it is. It is that mm-hmm. simple guy wants to finish last job so he can get away with his prostitute girlfriend. Like it's essentially on in the most broad sense, the same story, just, you know, a completely different, not only aesthetic, but uh, characters and whatnot. And so what do you th- why do you think that we don't get movies like this much anymore? I'm not going to say never. Yeah. But even whenever we do get a movie this simple, it doesn't have the same vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, it's either my too answer clean is so, or something. My answer is so like 
boring and kind of dark. It's that what we're describing is like very interesting, but I don't know if it makes the level of money that that people that bankroll films need to make to sort of warrant doing them. You know, I think that's the, you know, they don't want to make a movie where someone yaps on a podcast about having 12 asterisks attached to liking, right? <laughs> that's not their MO, right? But yeah. I, I do think if, if we go super abstract, I think there's a parallel that I've been thinking about since our first attempt at recording this that I actually think is like, it sounds psycho, but it, it actually, I think there's a parallel. I think our version of movies like this nowadays are, are movies that are committed to not taking the easy paths towards what they're trying to communicate. And a recent film that I saw that I absolutely loved that I was not expecting to love was Nope. And Oh yeah. It's weird that um, a lot of criticisms of that film are valid and didn't bother me because there was something about the way that that movie was presented and the way that that movie was arranged where warts and all, I felt like I got a better insight into Jordan Peele, the director, and Jordan Peele, the guy who thinks about the world a certain way and, and wants to sort of, you know, uh, give us his version of what he thinks, you know, is, is going on. And I, I think to that end, uh, there's a parallel with Alfredo Garcia because I think wild bunch is, is twice the film, if not more than this is wild bunch is one of the greatest films ever made, but I don't know if it gives me the level of insight into the person that made it the way Alfredo Garcia does. So mm. I wonder if the solution isn't what can we do to bring back movies from the 70s? I don't know if we could do it, but I do think it will always be important to um, appreciate when a filmmaker on a very high level is willing to release something a little bit challenging. I, I, I think even, even though, you know, comparing the two seems erroneous on general principle, because I, I guarantee you Alfredo Garcia had a small, had a shorter run than Nope did, had had less studio backing marketing <laughs> yeah. for it, right? Certainly, I, 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 right. But there's a parallel in that Peck and Paul was really, really on top the way Peel was, and I think the fact that they both sort of took that clout and used it as an excuse to make something that was more personal, make something that people wouldn't immediately accept. You know, I think both both films have elements to them that are challenging. And in being challenged by them, we're forced to process what we're what we're being shown more. And that gives me a greater insight into uh, the director as artist, the director as human being, the director as a curator of experience. So that's my sort of roundabout way that I will connect Alfredo Garcia to Nope. Yeah, I mean this this movie. I mean, Nope's cool. And I agree with you. I'm I'm, I'm on your I didn't expect to like that movie. Um, as much as I did, especially after a couple of my friends were like, it's okay. You know, yeah. and they were kind of like a bit of downers on it. Um, and I was like, dude, I fucking like this more than some of his other stuff. <laughs> he only I, mean, I, movies, I think but... it's, it's by far his best film, but I'm aware that that is very much tethered to my sensibility and the emotional reaction I had to what I was being. Yeah. Saying, I think it might be, I, I might agree with you in terms of, uh, like I think it's his best overall film. Maybe I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, um, Get Out, even though I don't love that movie as much as everyone else did that year. Yeah. Um, there's something uh, 
that I just really like about that movie. I was not a big fan of Us. I already talked about this on the podcast. Uh, I I liked it in the end, but it was it's I'm borderline neutral on the movie. You know what yeah. I mean? I wasn't a huge fan, so you know, nope by proxy gets that second spot mm-hmm. on a personal level. But I do think, man, there's some like fucking great stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with with um with Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia and what we see in new movies, kind of taking it a different direction. This movie's a fucking bummer. Oh sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like halfway through, the fucking saddest thing that could ever happen to a human happens. And then, like, at the end, a sucky thing happens to the human in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's know. weird. I, I think, like, the, the correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, the, the daughter lives, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think in she a She was never way, in peril of dying, though, just for everybody to... Uh, yeah, yeah, but in my thing, I know there's a, there's a lot of gunplay at the end. In my mind, it's sort of like the continuation of their relationship of Benny and Alita is like, like she's, she weirdly becomes like their spiritual daughter, you know? Yeah. It's also a parallel as well, because Alita wanted out of that, li- the life that she led as well. And, and the right. million dollars is going to be right. an out for her and Benny. Yeah. And Benny knows there's a good chance he's not getting out of here. So what does he do? He helps her get out. Right. He pays it forward. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. this. So I it's, it's love a, this. It's yeah. a downer ending, but but spiritually, it's like a win. You know, spiritually, it's like a cathartic. Something came from this. It's yeah. It's not it's fucking Armageddon. You know, as, Bruce Willis yeah. stays on the meteor to save <laughs> Ben Apnos. Can go ahead? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. Do the do the Alfredo Garcia remake and and uh do Ben Affleck as Benny. That would be that would be interesting. <laughs> Maybe not for reasons intended, but that you know that'd be something. No, dude, you know it'd be like fucking Adam Driver or somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be some new guy. This some new guy. <laughs> well, I I think just to go back to the question you asked me a little bit ago, I I you know when I brought up like it'd be interesting to see them remake it, if only because I feel like if whatever fluke reality is is comes true and you know the goddamn Warner Brothers throws you know 58 million to do an alfredo garcia reboot i i think it's funny because i i i can almost guarantee you they they'd remove the stuff that really makes the movie unique and the movie identifiable because it it does have that that perfect log line that perfect setup that you know producers would salivate over marketing team would salivate over but what the film is in essence is like a sort of uh cave-in of that you know, yeah. the the movie's actually, you know, Sam Peckinpah like accepting his problems with like women vis-a-vis Benny and and accepting that, you know, you you maybe more you maybe have more in common with people that you're jealous of or or you know, ex-lovers of the person who you're currently with than than you feel like. That's what the movie's actually about to me at least, you know. Yeah. It, it, just just to kind of uh to use a wrestling term to fantasy book here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fantasy book the territory. If you had to think about it off the top of your head, I'm dropping you yeah. right on the spot here. Who would you have direct a remake? <laughs> it's it's a hard, it's a tough. I'm still thinking about it. I was thinking about it while you were talking, but I, I haven't come up with an answer yet. Um, because you got to have someone gritty, or would you would you give it to someone else to just 
give it a whole new life because this one exists. Yeah, like, so, that's the so, challenge, right? So bear with me. I'll, I'll fantasy book this for you. Um, Lynn Ramsey and starring Michael Shannon. I think that's my move, honestly. Dude. Be, I, and I, I think I have a different never, answer, but Michael Shannon yeah. is the fucking right choice, dude. I think you were never really <laughs> here is like when you, when you just said like on the spot, I think that's the closest I've, I've seen like a modern film that is such a like deeply intimate character study of a really like damaged person that's trying to like make amends you know what i mean yeah yeah so i think lynn ramsey directing Dude, like, shannon would knock it out of the fucking park that's a fucking great choice yeah mine even though it does not fit her mo in terms of stories she does mine was also a woman uh mine was um uh jane campion after seeing yeah. the power of the dog Oof, because was, of how abstract yeah. the narrative could be because it still could be this you know show don't tell you're still doing all of these things, but you'd have those yeah. brilliant, like kind of filmic scenery. And uh, I, yeah. I could see her being so good at establishing kind of those locations and, and telling that story without. She would, she would do a lot better job than. than she would do. She would be my the, favorite, the right? That, Johnny yeah, Greenwood yeah. would probably do the soundtrack. No, right, right. <laughs> but yeah. Michael Shannon, I didn't have an answer for that, but yeah. Michael Shannon's obviously got to be it that's such a fucking good choice well i i think it's interesting that we both picked sort of reflexively we both picked women given that peck and paw is is considered such a like hyper masculine i mean again this is a guy who like i kind of have problems with women but i i i think tantamount to our decision is like what is it about Alfredo Garcia that is like the rare kind of soft spot where there's maybe more vulnerability coming from him or something? I, I don't know. I'm kind of just throwing pasta no, at I the know. wall yeah, and yeah, seeing yeah. if it sticks. But a, a brainstorm, so to speak. But, I, I think it's interesting yeah, but, that we both picked uh, female directors, you know, and I well, think that I mean, says something about the core of Alfredo Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see this. We need to petition for this to happen. Yeah. You're in you're in LA, dude. Make this happen. Yeah, yeah I'm actually <laughs> your agent. neighbor. I'll just I'll go over there with a basket of cookies and a copy of the European Aero DVD and I'll just be like, huh? Huh? <laughs> I brought a region free Blu-ray player in case you don't have one. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, I need to see if it is region blocked. I think it is, because if it's not, I'll fucking buy it and pay the shipping from fucking England. I don't give a yeah. shit. I, I, I would buy it just to have one that looks as good as this fucking IMDb video. Yeah. I'm so mad it's that okay. I've had I've dude, I've literally had this bring me the uh the head of Alfredo Garcia. It's the cover is the poster, just the black part. Right. Not the I, I have that same DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know if it's because I'm watching it on like a 4K TV and maybe it doesn't up-res properly, but it looked like shit. But here's what's crazy. It doesn't look like a bad restoration. Or No, 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 no. It doesn't look like it's a, a, a format issue. Mm. It literally looked like the production looked like shit. Yeah. And then I look at this fucking video on IMDb and I'm like, this looks, especially all the outside shit, which I'm a sucker for natural lighting, but it's like, fuck man like it looks so good 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still have problems with some of the in- interior stuff, uh, but it wouldn't bother. Like, I probably wouldn't have even brought it up because it's not that big of an issue. Anyways, 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 uh, all that said, um, I'm really glad that we did this. We need to do this with um, a couple more uh, movies. H- had I thought of this um, uh, before, what I'm about to say, I would have probably double featured it. We could have done uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia and, C- and Cross of Iron. And then I could have seen yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. movie. But instead, we spent uh, the hour on this one, which I'm happy we did. The 48th anniversary of Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia to the month here. And uh, Sam Peckinpah fans, man. Maybe, you know what we should do? Uh, it, it, come uh, December or whenever we can find time, we should do one uh, where we watch The Getaway yeah. and Cross of Iron. So you can see one. Yeah, and I can see one. That'd be a good one. idea. And, and we can talk about it. What do you say about that? It's. I say that it sounds great, and it's criminal that I have not seen The Getaway, given the fact that I love me some Steve McQueen. I know, I know. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for doing this, like, part two since the last time oh, we fucked all it up. Good, and by man. we, I mean me. <laughs> I had a lot to say, so thanks for uh, bringing me back to uh, make sure we get it in the can. All right, everyone, that was my buddy, Jake Bonaliri. We just talked about Sam Peckinpah's Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia from 1974. As I said at the top of the show, I will be having <coughs> just had a cough attack <coughs> again. Uh, anyways, so uh, my my friend Rick Jimenez will be on the show next week. We will at least start a part one, possibly. I just still haven't decided if I'm going to do a part one or part two. Um, but anyways, uh, he'll be on regardless. And we're going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino. We're going to be ranking uh, all of his movies and, uh, you know, talking about them, which would be a whole lot of fun. I hope you check out next week's episode. it will be out on that Tuesday. That said, thank you all so much for listening. I love you all very much. Good night. Good luck. And take it easy.